Hey friends, welcome to Moments to Ponder. This is a podcast designed to help you spend a few moments in God's Word, breathe, and take away something to ponder. I'm Betsy Marvin, and I'm grateful for these few moments we have together to ponder the book of Esther. This is episode 76. off in our last episode. The king's men had come for Haman to bring him to Esther's second banquet. It's only been a day since the first banquet, but after a morning of parading Mordecai around the city center, I'm sure Haman is trying to pull himself together as he joins the queen. Let's begin in verse 1. So the king and Haman went to Queen Esther's banquet. On this second occasion, while they were drinking wine, the king again said to Esther, Tell me what you want, Queen Esther. What is your request? I will give it to you, even if it is half the kingdom. Queen Esther replied, If I have found favor with the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my request, I ask that my life and the lives of my people will be spared. For my people and I have been sold to those who would kill, slaughter, and annihilate us. If we had merely been sold as slaves, I would remain quiet, for that would be too trivial a matter to warrant disturbing the king. Who would do such a thing, King Xerxes demanded? Who would be so presumptuous as to touch you? What a moment. Esther is a woman of timing and patience. She doesn't just spring it on the king. She waits until he asks for her request while they're having wine. I wonder if she practiced her speech all morning as she prepared for the banquet. Grant me my life. This is my petition. He must have been so confused as she began. He didn't know she was a Jew. But did he even remember the edict about the Jews? the queen is pleading for her life and those of her people. This sumptuous banquet has turned into a trial with Haman on the stand before the king with all the attendants looking on. I mean, Haman had to be wishing the floor would open up and swallow him because he knows what's coming. But I do wonder, did the king even realize that he is the one that allowed such a decree to happen? Did he deal with some guilt and shame as he discovers that his wife is Jewish, knowing that he was a part of selling them out for a bribe from Haman? Must have hit him like a ton of bricks. And Haman had no idea his decree would affect the queen, yet that doesn't make it any less evil. We'll pick it up in verse 6. Esther replied, This wicked Haman is our adversary and our enemy. Haman grew pale with fright before the king and queen. Then the king jumped to his feet in a rage and went out into the palace garden. Oh, Haman had to have gone white as a ghost, his hands trembling and his knees shaking as the king jumps up, toppling his couch. In the movie A Night with the King, This scene is set in an outdoor pavilion with beautiful curtains and surrounded by gardens. And I can just picture the king pacing along the paths, oblivious to the beauty around him, muttering about Haman and seeing the way he'd been manipulated, knowing he cannot change the decree and 
finally coming to terms with the betrayal of his right-hand man. All the while, Haman is at the table getting more and more desperate. As verse 7 continues, it says, Haman, however, stayed behind to plead for his life with Queen Esther, for he knew that the king intended to kill him. In despair, he fell on the couch where Queen Esther was reclining, just as the king was returning from the palace garden. Ugh, the king exclaimed, Will he even assault the queen right here in the palace before my very eyes? And as soon as the king spoke, his attendants covered Haman's face, signaling his doom. Then Harbona, one of the king's eunuchs, said, Haman has set up a sharpened pole that stands 75 feet tall in his own courtyard. He intended to use it to impale Mordecai, the man who has saved the king from assassination. Then impale Haman on it, the king ordered. So they impaled Haman on the pole he had set up for Mordecai, and the king's anger subsided. Esther 7. What a climax to our story. The queen's heritage is finally revealed and the villain is caught. It's like when the glass slipper fits and the stepmother is put in her place, yet unlike a fairy tale, Esther's story isn't over. Although Haman is out of the picture, the decree still stands. She and all her people are still in grave danger, but that's chapter 8. So what can we take away from this chapter of the story? Let me ask you, have you ever had a moment when your actions came back to bite you and you were faced with the consequences? I think we all have in some way, right? Whether it's just dealing with sunburn because we didn't use sunscreen or something much more serious, nobody enjoys that feeling of consequences. And... When those consequences involve others, it can be so hard. As a parent, I know that actions have consequences and the lessons that they teach are so important in our growth. If you eat all that candy, you'll be sick. Or if you touch the stove when it's on, you'll be burned. I can remember when I was little, my mom saying, when meting out a consequence, this hurts me more than it hurts you. And I thought, no way. But now as a parent, I completely understand how much this is true. It's called parenting with the end in mind. It's doing what needs to be done now so that in the overall picture, my kids grow into the adults that they can be. I love my kids so much that I never want them to hurt in any way. But because I love them, I know that if I take away all consequences, they won't learn the lessons that they need to succeed in life. The king is dealing with the consequences of being manipulated by Haman. Haman's consequences will affect his entire family. Now, let me ask you this. Have you ever had someone take the consequences for you? Or even more, remove the consequences altogether. I can remember a really hard moment when I had to face the music, so to speak. 
I had made a poor decision and was now faced with dealing with whatever consequences came my way. And I was prepared for them, but as we finished the conversation, I was given forgiveness and grace. I'll never forget it. Grace is crazy, isn't it? We wish for it, but we never expect it. As a leader, parent, as a friend, I've tried to do the same and extend grace, yet I've also been faced with those even harder moments when I know giving grace isn't what is needed. There are times when consequences are important so that a lesson can be learned. Now, God has given us such amazing grace. He has given us full forgiveness by taking the consequences of sin from us through Jesus. And this is always true. He has taken the ultimate consequence for us. Yet there are times when the consequences of our actions are needed so that we can grow and that we can learn. Oh, may we show grace whenever possible knowing that we have received grace beyond measure. May we ask the Lord, what are you teaching me when faced with hardship? And may we remember that in his great love for us, even when we can't see the whole of the story, he is at work. God is on his throne. His hand is upon you, and He loves you. Amen.